Welcome everyone to another episode of Visionary Focus Podcast. Today we've got uh, a really cool guest. We've got Zaryab Ejaz. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, me and me and Zaryab, we actually connected through Twitter. Um, I connected with a mutual connection of his, which I've had on the podcast, Ahmed, a couple weeks ago. And so right away, I DM'd Zaryab and I was like, you know what? We just started communicating and now he's on the podcast. And so I just thought he'd be a really great guest to have on. He has, I, I, have, I have a sense he has a cool story. I, you know, I read, I looked into him a little bit. And so, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. So uh, tell us all about you. Like, who are you? Um, what's your background? A little bit, you know? And uh, yeah, let's, let's just get started. I just want to know more about you. So, um, well, my name is Ariyab Jazz. I'm 20 years old. I'm based out of New York City. And well, currently what we do is we sell um, an Amazon automation service and I also trade stocks. So how I got started was uh, back in 2018. I, I was in 11th grade at the time. I was in high school, 11th grade. It was uh, May of 2018. And I was sitting in class and I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this guy uh, he was trading stocks and it was him on a private jet. And he, he said, um, I'm up 27,000 on a private jet. So, the, uh, and it was a young guy, right? It was like a young 23 year old guy. Uh, and that caught my attention. Like, okay, I want to be, I want to be making, you know, $23,000 or $27,000 at 23, 20, uh, 22, 23 years old. So after I saw that, I clicked on his profile and his name was uh, Omar Ashraf. And he ran a course, a, a trading course called Stock Market Lab. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but- um, Yeah, I've heard about it. Stock Market Lab, uh, they basically help uh, uh, teach people how to trade. And back then, uh, Umar was uh, teaching in person. So I messaged him and I asked him, oh, can I, uh, how much, how much is the training? And he got back to me and he said it was $1,500. And at the time, you know, I was a 16 year old kid and uh, $1,500 was like a lot of money at the time. Cause at mm-hmm. the time I was, you know, flipping sneakers. Yeah. I was making a couple hundred bucks, making, making maybe, you know, one grand a month, two grand a month. Uh, and so when, when he said it was, you know, 1500, I was like, man, that's a lot of money. But he said, uh, I could do a payment plan. And the payment plan was uh, 500 up front and a thousand after the course. So I was like, you know what? Um, I have like a thousand bucks right now. I'll pay this 500 for this course. I don't, I don't know how, many, how I'm going to get the rest thousand, but I'll, this, I'll pay this 500 now just so I can learn this skill. And so uh, Jan, uh, July 2018 is when I took the in-person course. So keep in mind, I was 16 years old at the time. I, I go into the in-person training in New York City. Uh, and it was actually in Times Square. But uh, I, go in, uh, I go in and I'm 16. Everyone else in the room is like 23, 24, 25, 26, 27 years old. So everyone is almost 10 years older than me. So I feel like a child in there. And I kind of get overwhelmed because, uh, you know, everyone's so much older, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like all these thoughts, all these negative thoughts were crossing my mind. And after the first, uh, after the first, so it was a four day class, right? It happened every Sunday uh, for a month straight. So after the first, uh, after the first class, I actually went home and I messaged Umar like, uh, I don't think this is for me. You know, uh, maybe I, I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try again in a couple months. And he was basically like, I gave your spot to someone else. I mean, I gave some, I gave, uh, I gave you a spot that someone else wanted. Uh, basically, he kind of said that he was looking out for me, and I was like, you know, what? all right, I'll just, I'll just finish this course, whatever. 
And basically he didn't let me quit, right? He didn't let me quit. And looking back at it, I'm, I'm really grateful he didn't let me quit because um, I, I did the course and I started trading end of 2018. Uh, I started with 3,000. I saved up 3,000 from reselling sneakers uh, from July to, to December 2018. And I funded my first account with 3,000. And within a couple months, you know, I just started trading. Trading is really, really difficult in the beginning, especially if you don't have a cash flow business on the side. You know, if trading mm. is like your main source of income, uh, what happens is you kind of, if you want to wake up one day and you want to make money that day, you have to, you, you kind of force yourself to trade. And that's not good. Because trading is like a very, very tough mental game. And so because of that, and because trading was like my main source of income at the time, I forced myself to trade and I actually ended up losing the full 3000 uh, by, I want to say, May Dunish of 2019. So within six months, I basically lost the full 3000 And I was devastated, you know, because I was in 12th grade at the time. I just graduating high school and I was about to start college in a couple months. And I didn't want to go to college. So the reason I started trading was so... I didn't have to go to college so I could drop mm, out. And yep. yeah, so I'm sure, I'm sure you probably have a similar story as well to dropping out. Um, but uh, what happened to me was in August of 2019, uh, college was about to start. And I, I got a lot of anxiety at the time because I really do. I felt like a failure because I went to college because I didn't make enough from trading to be able to drop out. And that anxiety and stress really built up uh at the end of 2019 for you know from from september to december from august to december you know that first semester of college and beginning of 2020 um i it was uh january 6 2020 and i was like okay i really don't want to go back to college i have to make 10 grand this month i don't know how i'm gonna do it i saved up like five grand um again and i was like okay i really have to learn how to trade right now or else because I really didn't want to go back to college. I didn't want to feel that anxiety and that stress again that I got from college. And so uh, by, so I went all in on trading in January, 2020. And after I went all in on trading, uh, after I went all in, it, things really started taking off uh, after I went all in. And then in February, 2020, I had my first um, 5k day. I made 5k in a day. Uh, and then the whole coronavirus uh, crash started and every day I was making like one, two grand every single day. And it really started piling up. And so, uh, you know, 2020 going on, I kept on trading, kept, oh, so I started posting trading, you know, results, trading profits and all things trading related in January of 2020 on my Instagram. So I was building a personal brand on Instagram. Uh, and then I built a really, really good following all throughout 2020. And end of 2020, I launched, I launched uh, a company called Financial freedom university and at financial freedom university we basically help people make more money that was our goal just help people make more yeah. money whether it be through trading whether it be through e-commerce so how i got started in e-commerce was a friend uh came to me and he was like yo check out this opportunity uh i i made you know i made i think he showed me like eight grand in a month and i was like oh tell me more about it he was like yeah i really i made this in passive income you know i leveraged my credit uh to make this you know to make this eight grand in a month and I was like, okay, that's really cool. And so we partnered up since then. And he basically, uh, he runs the back end uh, of the Amazon automation stores. And I basically run the front end. So I, I bring in the clients. I help, I help build a team together. I basically overwatch the entire team. And he watches, he basically manages the, the back end, the, the team on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know make, sure, make sure that all of our clients are making money and things like that.
That's awesome. So, you know, since then, uh, I, I've really been bouncing trading and the e-commerce store. So that's basically my yeah. main two, my main two things right um, now. Just, just to roll back a little bit, what really stood when, cause you wanted to quit at first when you went through your first pretty much trading class and why, first of all, why trading? Why was this? Why did you choose trading to get into? And what really made you feel kind of what was it an overload of information? Did you feel intimidated by people being so much older than you? So my, my, my first two questions would be why trading? What did you choose trading to get into? And why did you feel like very uncomfortable during that first class of trading? So, um, well, why trading? Well, from a young age, if you like growing up in New York City, I was kind of always surrounded by money, like seeing people uh, wear, uh, wear nice clothes, drive nice cars and things like that. And I wanted to be in that position as well. You know, I wanted to have nice things. I wanted to live that luxury life. And uh, because of that, I really, I wanted to make a lot of money. And I saw that trading was a way for me to make, you know, that type of money to be able to drive a nice car and wear nice clothes uh, and things like that. Since then, my goals have changed. Uh, but at the time that that was kind of uh, the main reason why I got started in trading was for, was for the money. And, um, and why was I nervous on the first class? It was, it was because, um, everyone, well, whoever I told that I started trading, uh, that I was trying to make money in the stock market, they were like, uh, the stock market's risky, uh, stocks are risky and things like that. And I, I'm not gonna, I let that get to my head. Uh, it was that and everyone being a lot older than me, I felt really overwhelmed. And because of feeling overwhelmed from everyone saying uh, stocks are risky and everyone being a lot older than me, I, I let that get to my head. I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Mm. So because but because Umar didn't let me quit uh, after that first class, you know, it, things really things worked out pretty well. Yeah. And so what made you what made you think you had another like you had a chance to be successful after losing those first three months? Because, you know, I think I think it was was it three months or what, there was a period of time where you just lost all your money at first early on. And so what made you think, oh, you know what? Let me give this another shot. A lot of people would just have given up and not kept going, not given another shot. Why? Why give it another shot, even though you failed at first? That's a great question. Uh, so the reason I gave it another shot, even after failing uh, the first time, is because I could see people making money from this, right? I could, like, I would go on Instagram and see traders uh, posting profits and driving nice cars and things like that. Obviously, not everything is real on the internet, but um, at the time, you know, seeing people post trading results, I was like, if they could do it, why shouldn't I be able to do it, right? And on top of that, it was... At that time, it was the only skill or the only way I had to make a lot of money uh, to be able to drop out. And dropping out was kind of like my main my main goal at the time. So I was like, okay, I'll do whatever to drop out. If 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 I so to drop out, if I have to make a lot of money, here's how I make a lot of money through trading. So then go perfect my trading and then make a lot of money from it, then drop out. So that that was my thought process behind it. And and so did you drop out? Um when once you started making money with trading or did you drop up before so i actually didn't drop up before um i dropped out in uh well i dropped out in like august of 2021 actually a lot after i started uh you know making money from trading 
uh, my first 10K month was uh, February, February, March of 2020. And I dropped out in August, 2021. So about a year and a half later. Um, but when I did drop out, I dropped out at a point where I was making enough money where I could invest in this, 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 and those things would pay me. Like I had, I had enough passive income to be able to, uh, to be able to be in a position to drop out. Mm, yeah. And so was, uh, did that create any tension with the family? Cause I know some people like the family, regardless if you're making money online or not, they're still going to create that tension. It's like, Oh no, you gotta, you need to stay, you need to do this, you need to do that. How did that go? Because it was, it seemed to me that it was clear for you to not be in, in university or college in the first place. And listen, for some people, that's, it, it fits them perfectly. But for you, from what I've seen, it wasn't at all the path, you know, yeah. you were built for something else. Right. And so how did, you know, even friends, family, you know, acquaintances, how did they react to you dropping out, even though you were making money already? So, um, and how did you handle, how did, how was the transition? That's what, that's better. Uh, my family, they were like, we don't care about how much you make. Um, we just want to see the degree. Right. That was like, uh, and then when I told my friends, uh, you know, they, they knew, they knew like the business, they, they knew about my businesses and like, they have a good idea of how much I make and things like that. And because of that, they were like a lot more supportive. Um, mm-hmm. they were like, just do what you feel is best. Like follow your heart. Mm. So it, it was kind of like that balance. I, I had that balance of like people telling me, you know, maybe you should consider, um, maybe you should consider not dropping out. And then people are like, people tell me, uh, do what you feel is best. And because I kind of had that balance, um, I was able to take the perspective of both sides and make a proper decision, make a more proper decision at least. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense because for a lot of people, it's not easy. Like I know, I mean, I never even went to uni in the first place, but I know some some friends of mine who who were in university. Some, I know some guy who waited till he was making 100k per month, and then I know some guy who had like less than a thousand dollars in his bank account and dropped out. Right, but among everyone that I've met who dropped out and just pursued whether it was online business or something else, that it was clear. There's like a deep clarity that you need to do. That it is you, you got to do what you got to do. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad it seems like you picked the right choice. So, um, but it, it seems like it's, it hasn't been overnight. You know, you first learned about trading when you were 16 and now you're, you're 20 years old. So it's been a four year journey and I feel like it was a lot of ups and downs. And even like in school, like how, how did you manage to trade while you were in school? Because so- I know timing is super key with trading. I don't know much about trading, but I know timing is key. So how were you able to, you know, <laughs> trade while in school so uh that that's a great question um the first semester from uh august of 2019 to december of 2019 uh the year the year the, the semester was like a lot of anxiety and stress for me that semester i only had like a couple hundred bucks in my trading account i think like less than a thousand bucks uh in my trading account so i still wanted to trade don't get me wrong i still wanted to trade but it wasn't really like you know Cause trading, you make like, you know, even if you make 10, 20% a day, a uh, hundred bucks, it's a hundred bucks, you know, at the time that was a lot of money for me, but I still wanted to trade and how I would do it is uh, in class, I would take my, I would take my laptop with me 
and I would be sitting in like all different classes, like even math class. I was in a math class with a laptop open, uh, watching charts, you know, watching trading charts. And it was, it was a distraction. Trading was a distraction for me in class. So that first semester, I, I was still watching the market, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't full proper focus. That second semester um, in January of 2020, that's when I, I, I took classes. Um, so the main market hours that I like to trade are from a 9.30 to about 11-ish. But sometimes, you know, it gets, it gets 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever it is. But it's not, it's like more towards the beginning of the day, right? 9.30 is kind of where, where a lot of the action starts that I like to trade. So I would take classes after like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., uh, 4 p.m. So all my classes will start later in the day that second semester. So that way I would wake up, that's, that second semester, I actually had a pretty hectic schedule. Um, I would wake up at uh, 6 a.m. and go to the gym. After I go to the gym, I come back home, I trade at uh, 9.30, and then I would leave for, um, for classes at like 1 p.m., 2 p.m. And I'd come back home at like 8 p.m., come back home, eat dinner, do my homework and go to sleep at 12. So it was like, I, I didn't really have a social life because it was, I was either at the gym or at classes or training. That was my entire life. And so for how long did you do that? Was this all the uh, way from, from the, the moment you started till, till you dropped out? Like, was this, this, were you just consistently grinding for like four years or was it a lot of up, you know, some, was there moments where you kind of, cause there's a moment between, cause you, you, that there's a moment you you lost a bunch of money right you, you stopped trade it seems like you stopped trading for a bit and then you got back into it so yeah but for almost four years consistently you were just focused pretty much yeah yeah, focused for sure. yeah. still to this yeah. day still to this day um i i still i i look at i don't look at um i, I don't have monetary goals anymore Mm-hmm. Uh, because I realized that if I have, if, if I have a goal to make 10 K a month, the second I reach that 10 K a month goal, I'm going to take my foot off the gas. And for me, losing that momentum is not worth it. I worked yeah. so hard to build all this momentum. Why would I, why would I, you know, why would I start losing it once I reach this monetary goal? So instead yeah. of having, you know, a goal to make 10 K a month, hundred K a month, a million a month, whatever it is, I started focusing my goals on my goal is to dominate this industry. Whatever industry it is, my goal is to dominate this industry. Let's say my industry is real estate. My goal is to own um, XYZ amount of property or things like that. Yeah. Or my goal, is, if it's trading, my goal is to make, you know, 100K a day from trading and then take that 100K and buy property. Like it could be, but my goal is no longer just money. It's a lot deeper than money. It's more so like, uh, like industry domination. Because think about it. Elon Musk, for example, right? His net worth is like 150 billion, 200 billion dollars, and if he was working for money, let's say his goal was to make even a million a month or a billion a month, mm-hmm. he would. The second he reaches that goal, he's gonna slow down. But his goal is deeper than his goal is. Let's say his goal is to get to Mars. Because his goal is to get to Mars, he's not gonna take his foot off the gas until he actually gets to Mars. That could be at a million a month. That could be at a billion a month. It doesn't matter. Yeah. His goal is his goal is deeper than money. The mission is bigger. The mission is everything in a way where at a certain point, money doesn't fulfill you as much as you think it would because, you know, okay, let's say you're dreaming. Let's take this an example. You're dreaming to make 10K a month. Boom. Okay. If ever, if your vision, your mission is 10K a month, what happens once you hit that 10K per month? You hit plateau almost. You don't know what to do with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Then if let's say 
your mission is like, okay, I want to help. I want to donate money to X charity or want to like, you know, help my mom or my sisters or my family with this and that. And I want to do this and that. If you have more specific goals, it, it motivates you deeper. Like it, it helps you. It drives you in a whole different way than money. And I, I've noticed exactly. that among a lot of people that like even super, super wealthy people have said like money is great, but it only drive, it will only bring you to a certain point. Like you need another something else to drive you. Right. Um, but back to the point I was saying around the four years where you were, you had like, why I was emphasizing that point of the four years of focus is for people to understand, like it wasn't overnight. Like you learned a skill and you really relentlessly learned about it. And I'm sure morning and night, morning and night, like, because some people will easily compare themselves to you and be like, oh my God, he's only 20 years old and making hella bank trading. I feel so behind. Guess what? He just started way younger than you and absolutely relentlessly focused for four years. So if right now you're 25 and you feel behind, well, guess what? You didn't put in the work he did. What were you doing at 16? What were you doing at 18? Right? So now it, it kind of makes you reassess how you're, where, how, where you're investing your time. You were able to re- invest your time properly at a younger age. Now you're reaping the rewards, right? And so I think this is a great message for other people too. Like, hey, this isn't just magic. You know what I mean? Um, you, you work for this. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just wanted to make very, very clear to anybody listening. But I'm also curious, um, how would you define trading? For anybody listening right now who has no idea, how would you, let's, I'll, I'll rephrase it. How would you explain trading to a 13-year-old or 12-year-old in a simple manner? Okay, um, how would I explain trading? So uh, think of trading as selling pizza. Think of trading as selling pizza. For example, um, let's, say, let's say you have a pie of pizza and that pie of pizza uh you want to sell let's let's say you have a pie of pizza and it's made and the cheese is made out of gold right and you have another pie of pizza and the cheese is regular cheese so the gold pizza is worth more a lot than uh, is worth a lot more than the regular uh pizza right and because that gold pizza is worth a lot more you can sell each slice for a lot more so if you want to buy Let's say you want to buy a small person. If you let's say you want to buy a small slice of a company. Let's say the the pizza is the company, right? Let's say you want to buy a small slice of the company. It's going to be a lot more expensive than the regular. Uh, the, the the gold pizza is going to be a lot more expensive than the regular pizza. A small a small a slice is going to be a lot more expensive from the gold piece than the regular pizza. Now, you but you want to let's say that pizza is going to be worth double in 10 years and because you think it's going to be worth double in 10 years you want to buy it right now and you want to sell it in 10 years for double so now you go make money right you go you go um you go work a job or whatever you can to make money you hustle to make money and then you go buy that slice of pizza and now 10 years later you sell for double so that's kind of that, 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 that i like to use that analysis for um you know for, for understanding uh equity in a company yeah, simply put, simply put. Um, I'm curious. So, how you, you you said you met a friend who did e-commerce, and you guys did some e-com or you guys, yeah, is that right? You guys did some e-commerce stuff. So you, yeah. you pretty much took your bread from trading and you started 
investing into e-commerce. So how, how did you and your friend meet and how did you end up starting, you know, was it an e-commerce brand? What, like how, tell me more about that. I'm just, I'm just very curious. Yeah, for sure. So um, I met this friend through Instagram. Uh, he actually, he was into trading and I was into trading and you know, we started talking, we got close. And the only reason, well, the main reason we became friends was because I grew a personal brand on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of like where it all started. You know, he reached out to me because he saw I was just started trading. I started posting more things about trading and he has similar interests. And then he was like, okay, you have a pretty big following. Uh, and I have this good service. Maybe we should work together and we could sell it together. And that's where the whole e-commerce things came along. So how that works is um, a client wants to, if a client wants to partner up with us, uh, they would pay the upfront fee which is anywhere between um, you know, twenty-five dollars to $50,000 for the upfront fee. And once they partner up with us, they sell products on Amazon uh, and they leverage their credit card, for example. Um, and they run at about 10 to 15% profit margin. So for example, if a client sells uh, $10,000 $10, worth of revenue on their Amazon store in one month, and they have 10 to 15% profit margins, and the client just made you know, $1,000 to $1,500. And usually after 12 to 15 months, the client store starts doing, you know, $100,000 a month in sales, $150,000 a month in sales. So, you know, if you're selling $150,000 worth of stuff running at 10% profit margins, you're making, you know, your store is making uh, anywhere between 15 grand, you know, to 22 grand a month, you know, because mm. 10 to 15% profit margins off 150 grand. So yeah. if you're making, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand, an extra 20, uh, 15, 20 grand a month, and then you're paying us our 40% profit split, you still go home with, you know, about 10 grand a month without having to do anything. Mm. It's completely passive for the client. So they just made 10 grand a month uh, because, because they leverage their business credit. So it, it's, yeah. it's a really, it's a really uh, good system that we, that we set up on that end. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. That you guys both met on Instagram. Shows you the power of a personal brand. And it's funny because like I have a business partner. We both met as well online. And it's like so many amazing partnerships, friendships have been made just online with people who just think alike, right? And I'm sure you and your partner, you guys work well together as well because he understands trading too, but he's also thinking, he's he's thinking in different territories, right? Because this is another question I have. It's like, so as you keep make as you keep expanding, um, how do I, how do how do I say this? How as you keep expanding, let's say as you keep improving your skills with trading and making more money as you go. And I mean, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some, I'm sure. But I can tell you're going to become a beast in the future as you go. Thank you. And you, you probably already won, but how would you, how do you, where do you think you're going to invest your money and how, how, what's your, what's your long-term vision with all of this? Like even trading, do you see yourself trading in 10 years? Right. Um, you know what? Let me position this a little better. What's your, what's your end goal? Do you have an end goal in mind with all of this, with everything that you're doing? So um, I think, well, I, I like to think in terms of, I, I used to think by years or decades, right? I, like I'm going to do this for the next five years. I'm going to do this for the next 10 years. But the world's constantly evolving. And because the world's constantly mm -hmm. evolving, I have to constantly change um, what, what I want to do, you know, six months from now, 12 months from now, a year from now, or like yeah. you know, two years from now. And because of that, I, I think mainly in maybe like the next year or two years, but um, as of now, the, the what I kind of want to build into is 
using so in in america uh if you invest in real estate you get a lot of um tax benefits and a lot of so you get access to a lot of leverage uh, because uh, because through real estate and you get a lot of tax benefits too. So be, a real estate kind of uh, gives a lot of opportunity for for people who already have businesses built. So I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, I, I recently started learning this too. But it's like when when people start making like big when people start making a lot of money through businesses and things like that, what they do is they buy real estate. Uh, because they get a lot of advantages, right? Tax advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of benefits that come with that. So what I want to do is uh, in the future, you know, get into real estate development, rental properties, uh, Airbnb. So th- yeah. these are like uh, three, four industries through real estate that I want to get into, you know, kind of funnel money through that. Uh, because I-, I was like, if I pay, if I put 30% down payment for a house and uh, in, in like, let's say in Miami, right? Uh, Miami is like a really booming um, real estate market. And if I pay 30% down payment, uh, let's say if it's a million dollar house um, and I pay 30% down, that just cost me 300,000 out of pocket. And let's say uh, the rent covers the mortgage. So nothing's coming out of my pocket, right? Mm. And because nothing's coming out of my pocket, the house is just constantly being paid for every single month while my equity is growing in the house and the house is appreciating. So let's say in... 20 years from now, the house is paid off and the property is worth $2 million. My $300,000 that I put in 20 years ago is now worth $2 million. I didn't mm. have to do anything else. Obviously, there's like a lot of um, like repairs and maintenance and things like that. But my $300,000, my initial investment is now worth $2 million. And it was minimal work on my end. So that's why that's why I kind of like real estate. Yeah, no, that's great. It's smart. It's smart. But do you have like, like, uh, how do you think about your goals? Um, do you think about them? Like, you know, you think in quarters, do you think, cause you tell me you don't think as, as long-term. So do you focus mainly on like very short-term daily, weekly, monthly and think in quarters? How do I'm just curious about how you, you assess your goals, how you plan it out, how do you plan them out as well? So, um, what I do is I have, uh, like yearly goals. So like this year, I want to accomplish this, 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 this. And let's say my goal for this year is to make, um, hypothetically, let's say my goal is to make 100K this year. If my goal is to make 100K this year, I'd break that down into 12 months. Um, and I'd have to make like eight grand a month every single month. So for me to make eight grand a month, I'd have to go sell this service or uh, go trade and make this much. And, and that's how I think about it. And so I would break that down from, uh, yearly to quarterly uh, to monthly and then to weekly and then mm-hmm. uh, and then on a day-to-day basis or at or on every Sunday uh, I write down things I have to accomplish for the week and so I would uh, like on Monday I have to do this Tuesday do this Wednesday do this and then so just slowly just check everything off from the list and just every just let everything compound awesome that makes sense you're a very logical person like I can tell it's like have you were you like good at math school in school I was pretty good. Well, I didn't, I didn't, um, like I, I, I didn't pass calculus, I think, uh, in college, but like basic math and like, uh, things like that. I was, I was pretty good at it. No, that, that's the rest doesn't matter. That's all that counts. So, um, do, do you it, was, see- it was really, calculus was really, compli- it was really, uh, complicated. Yeah, no, you don't need calculus. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, 
So, you know, so you, you want to get into real estate. You got a lot of things you want to do. How does your day-to-day look like, right? Like, let's say we want to go uh, a day in the life as I have, right? And, you know, MTV crib with the camera, all of that. How, how do we go from A to Z in a day in the life? Okay, so my day in the life. It's actually not as complicate, complicated as you would think, considering um, I, I'm, like, invested or interested in so many industries. But I wake up. Uh, around 8, 9 p.m. I don't wake up. I don't wake up with an alarm. I, I don't like alarms. Uh, I like to wake up naturally, but I wake up around 8, 9 a.m. and uh, do my market homework. By market homework, I mean uh, stocks to watch for, for the day, uh, you know, what stocks look good, overnight news, uh, and things like that. So it's my, my, my pre-market. It's called pre-market analysis. So before the market opens, I just go through everything, go on CNBC, and just make sure, uh, you know, any big headlines, any news or things like that. And after that, I start trading, start trading at 930. That's when the market opens. And, you know, just trade. Usually I, I stop trading by 1030, 11 a.m. So about an hour, an hour and a half worth of work. And what I do after that is um, either grab something to eat or, you know, start heading out to the gym. And I head out to the gym around 12 ish. And then after that, um, I work out for about an hour to an hour, 15 minutes after working out, uh, coming back home. It's at this time, it's about almost 2 PM. So, so far, um, I've traded and I've went to the gym and it's almost like 2 PM. So after that, uh, that I start taking all calls after 2 PM. I don't take any calls before 2 PM. Uh, it's just a personal preference. So from two to like five ish, uh, that that's when all most of my, uh, business calls and things like that go down. Uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's reaching out to new vendors for products for e-commerce stores or, um, you know, reaching out to business partners and things like that. So that, but that happens between two to five. And then, um, after that, you know, if there's, if there's any work left, um, I, I call like my, my, like my deep work phase from, uh, two to five, you know, that's when I plan. Well, I don't really plan for the, at that time, but that's when I like do the input, do, do the actual execution stuff. Like things that need to get done for the day that happen between two to five. And then, and then at five, uh, grab something else to eat. And after I grab something to eat, like lunch, um, I, I learn, uh, I spend, I spend, I spend a lot of time learning actually from about six to nine. I spend, uh, I read, well, I watch, uh, YouTube videos. I read books. I actually have like 40 to 50 books. Um, most of them are unread right now just because I, I like to reread the same, the same book um, over and over again until, until I get a complete understanding of it. Uh, yeah, so, you know, because of that, because I, I recommend reading a lot. I'm not, do you read? Yeah, I read. I'm actually reading a really good book right now. Yeah, what book? Uh, the Slight Edge. I don't know if you've read it or not. Very good book. Very good book. Uh, send it to me, Send it to me after this podcast. I will. I will. I just started reading it, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is good." Um, but what are you? What are you? Some of your favorite books? Like, let's say, right, top three of all time. Uh, top three books. I'm trying to see if I have it on my desk. Uh, it, this book, The Almanac of Naval. This is really good. I've um, heard a lot of good things about it. And then uh, the art of thinking clearly. This is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so That's good. I'm just, ri- I'm just I'm writing that right now. So. I'll give you. Oh, wait, one second. I'll reach over here. 
art of reading clearly. The the art of what was it? Was it the art of uh of thinking, thinking clearly? clearly? Yeah, the yeah. art of thinking clearly. Okay. So, um, this book I'll, I'll give a basic breakdown. So this book, the Almanac of Naval, is about um peace and wealth and how to kind of it kind of gives like the the keys to building wealth and how to it's 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 a gem. I think everyone should read this book. And then um, this book, The Art of Thinking Clearly, it's like a breakdown of um, human psychology and why people make the decisions that they make. So let's say um, mm. if, you know, this really helps for trade. This really helped me in trading, even though it has nothing, it talks with nothing about trading. Uh, it helped me learn a lot about trading psychology. So I, I recommend everyone reading this book, not just, not just for trading, but in general. And then um, this last book that I recommend uh, is The Psychology of Money. Have yeah. you read this? No, no. I was like, I was at a, at a friend's birthday party who is also a trader. And uh -huh. he was reading that book, actually. So I just found yeah. it. All, all these books, all uh, these books are, I have a lot more books that I recommend. But uh, these books are, I, I recommend everyone read. <laughs> Those are some good books. No joke. I think, yeah, like all of these books can be read by anyone, pretty much. Should be read by any, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, because they can address so many things to your life, no matter what you do, you know? Like, no matter what industry, you know, the psychology of money, um, the art of thinking clearly, all of these could like add a lot of value to people's lives. Um, so you guys, you guys know what to do. Add those books to your list right now you know did i like yeah, disconnect good. for a second okay yeah you okay, can okay. disconnect for a second uh, but you're back now okay 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 um the, the question i had was what are the biggest i was gonna ask you what are the biggest lessons you've learned trading the last four years but i'm gonna i'm gonna change that up a little bit what are the biggest lessons you've learned overall in your life the last four years ever since um discovering Ever since stumbling upon trading at 16. Uh, so uh, the best lessons. Uh, or the more, yeah, yeah. So the best lessons I've learned are, um, well, these are still lessons I, I learned to this day. Because a lot of these things, they, they repeat over and over and over again. So uh, you kind of really have to embed it into your brain until you, until you properly understand it. And a lot of these things you're not going to learn until you go through firsthand. So uh, what they are is the good times don't last forever and times don't last forever. So when things are going good, whether it's in trading, whether it's in business, uh, people think that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good forever. And, uh, you know, the good times are going to go on forever. And that's never, uh, that's never the case. And same thing for the bad things. You know, when, when people take a loss, um, they think, you know, when, when people take, when people have a win, they, they're on top of the world. And when people have a loss, they think that they can never be on top of the world again. And that's, that's a big um, issue that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people face. And my, my, well, I, I still learned this lesson after, after I, you know, after I lost a good amount, uh, the first time I wrote down uh, things I would do once I have, you know, once I have the capital again, 
And because I wrote down everything, I was like, okay, next time, next time I make XYZ amount, I'm going to put XYZ into this. I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to invest in this. So now even after, even, even if I take a loss again, I'm not going to be so much lower. I'm not going to be at zero again. I'm, I'm going to be at, you know, one, two or three, whatever it is, but I'm still, I'm not going to be at zero again. I'm going to have a lot more. I'm going to have a much bigger safety net next time because next time uh, I start making good money again, I'm going to put this money aside. So it's, it's something that uh, I had to, I learned because I made it, well, not made it, but I had it and then I lost it. So I learned that because I made it and then lost it. A lot of people make it, they never learn this lesson. And when they lose it, they're back to zero, which is really bad. Mm, yeah. So that, that, that's one huge lesson that I think everyone uh, needs to go through. And the earlier you go, you go through this lesson, the earlier you learn this lesson, the better it is. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. No joke. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after the podcast because I stumbled upon something like this not too long ago. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. Like, it's like just, it, it's these type of lessons that like, they're invaluable and you can't skip them. And you most likely learn them through tough times. So <laughs> like, even for like anybody who's, let's say like, who who's a young Zaryab maybe there's a 16 year old you know Zaryab 2.0 or you know in his early trading days listen to this podcast right now like listen well right now like it's not gonna be just it's not just gonna be sunshine you know yeah it's not gonna be sunshine rainbows so uh be ready and I think that's one thing that's that's very common among I mean traders probably is like meant like grit like mental strength because Losing money, gaining money very, very quickly. How, how do you manage your emotions or do you disconnect your emotions completely from money? Because, you know, it's almost like a roller coaster inside. And so you need to have a really good, you know, self-control, I'm sure, because otherwise you could lose your, lose your, you know, you know what, right? Um, lose your shit. We can swear on this podcast. So, because you know, because what cause I heard some stories of guys losing like 50k in one day, you know, what I mean, like people losing their mind, right? So, how do you remain self control? How do you keep, you know, how, how do you, yeah, how do you, yeah, how do you manage yourself in these type of situations? So, how do I manage myself? Um, after, after a while of, of seeing so much volatility, you kind of get used to it, you, you just disconnect from, from everything. Well, disconnect from money not everything, but you disconnect from money. And once you have that disconnection and, and you kind of see everything from like a bird's eye view, and when you see the market, you see money, you see your personal finances from a bird's eye view, you, you learn how to make better decisions overall. So what I mean by that is um, if, if you see that the probability of you making uh, money on this trade is not as high as, as some other trade, then you don't risk that much, right? And if you see that the probability of you making uh, money, a lot of money on this trade is high, then you can afford to risk more. So it's about, you know, risking where how much you risk um, what when you're trading. And then on top of that, uh, you want to make sure you don't risk too much uh, when the chances are not in your favor. So once you have a good understanding of that, that um, 
it, it becomes a lot easier to make money. And when you do make money, you know, you just take that out and put it into different places. Uh, so, so even if, you know, even if, even if you do take a hit, the hit's not going to be as bad or you're not going to be as, you're not going to be at zero again. Mm, yeah. Damn. You're dropping some gems on this podcast, bro. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> These are Thank good. You. These are good. Um, I had a really good question. Just give me two seconds. Um, did you ever have any other friends that were also like, or people around you who were like, once once you started winning, like really interested, they were really interested in what you were doing? Uh, that's a great question. Um, when when uh, a lot of people started hearing about it, a lot of people started reaching out and uh, some of these people wouldn't reach out to me if they weren't going to gain anything from it. And I, I know those people, like, like I, I understood, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't care about me before you heard about, before you heard about me, me and trading. So when, when I see, so, you know, I, I can spot that from, from far away. And when I see someone like that, uh, you know, obviously like uh, business relationships and things like that are different. But if someone like personally knew me before uh, trading and things like that, and they didn't care about me, care for me, or even respect me uh, before, before, you know, before trading started taking off and all of a sudden they do respect me. And all of a sudden, you know, they want to, they want to be all nice to me and things like that. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't talk to them. I don't respond to them. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm not gonna, you, you weren't real, you weren't like, you weren't real before, before all this happened. And now all of a sudden you, you want to be my best friend and I'm not cool with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can see, you can see from a, a mile away, you know what I mean? Because it's like, the, the, the truth is most people like, th that's like a human psychology thing. Like people, like even when you're selling something, something they say, don't sell the features, sell the benefits. Right. Mm -hmm. People just want things for themselves. So I think like you've been, you've been in this game for four years. And so you kind of know the people you can trust as well. And so this is the thing about building a personal brand and being so transparent with your numbers, because I've seen your personal brand is that you might be attracting the wrong type of people as well. And so I feel like you're, you have enough emotional intelligence to be able to filter those type of people. And you kind of, I feel like you already have your squad locked in regardless. Right. And so uh, that. Well yeah, sorry to cut you off, but no, no, go ahead. I wouldn't say it's more emotional intelligence. I would say it's more emotional experience because there, mm. there's still been, you know, people like the past year, past two years who, who tried to get close to me and did get close to me. But it turns out that they wanted, they, they didn't really have my best, uh, like, intentions. They, they didn't have yeah. the best intentions for me. So it, it was like, because of those, because of those, um, like, experiences time and time again, I tend, you know, I, I learned to see this. Like it wasn't, I, I at the first, in the beginning, I couldn't really tell, you know, who really wanted the best for me and things like that. Because uh, someone could just tell you like, oh, I really want the best for you, but deep down they don't really mean it. But mm -hmm. but when people show you these things, you know, you, you kind of get a, a better understanding from as time goes on. Mm. And so how do you, how are you able to see who's really there for you when it's all not, not all sunshine? Who, how can you tell between the people you can trust and the people you can't trust? At the end well, of the day, I mean, it's, at, I, mean, uh, I, I, I have, yeah. I have my idea on how you can test that, but uh, you know, because if let's say tomorrow, let's say you show some serious losses, right? Let's, let's see how many, who, how many people DM you then, you know what I mean? 
And so sometimes you, yeah. especially it's emotional roller coaster as well. I'm sure you you were able to see. Uh, sorry, I didn't let you answer the question yet. <laughs> I'm sure you could tell. No, no, people, no, you're going, uh, going, going. You know, so no, no, no it's, it's super interesting. Like I'm, I'm curious how how could you, how do you feel, you have people that you you build because I mean even like your business partner, right? He he was also a trader. He saw you built your personal brand. Yet it seemed that like this guy wanted to partner up with you and build something but you know there was a natural trust right so how how were yeah. you able to tr- was it just a you know a shot in the dark or you could sense it as well um well sometimes when people want to build with you like the real type of people they would come to you and give you value like they'll they'll, they'll give you something before they try to take something and or before they even not even try to take it before they try to work with you and they'll give you something so basically when when people they like, come up to me they help me or they give me value before they want to work with me. That's when I trust them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that's when, like, that's when I think but or, or sometimes the people, sometimes people just come up to me randomly and like, Oh, um, what are your top stocks picks and things like that. And I'm like, you just, you like th- at that point, I just don't tell them like, Oh, like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe this market will do good. I don't know. But it's, it's when people when people give me value and they they genuinely want the best for me they, they want to help me before uh before they help themselves that's that, that that's when i'm like okay maybe i should keep this person around mm. yeah no, that makes sense um how do you see yourself like is new york is new york your home base so you grew up there how how is growing up in new york i didn't really dive in deep into like you know your hometown but i'm just i'm just curious how how was it growing up in new york no that and no one asked about this but that's a that's a great thing um because new york growing up in new york had a huge um influence on the way i see things because uh new york is kind of like known for like the flashy things the nice cars the nice clothes uh and on a day-to-day basis you see these things you know, you see people wearing nice clothes, you see people wearing, driving nice cars, you see, you know, you see this type of stuff. And when you see this type of stuff, your first question isn't like, well, the, your first question probably is like, how, how do I get there? You know, how can I put myself in that position? And that seeing, like seeing that every day since, so I was born and raised in Queens, Queens, New York. So seeing that on a day-to-day basis, I, I started like asking myself, how do I get there? 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 And I started asking myself this at 14, 15 years old. And, and that's when I started, you know, reselling sneakers to make a couple bucks. Okay. You know, and then started trading stocks. And then every like step-by-step, step, I got closer uh, to, to, to kind of that vision. So see, like growing up in New York, mm. it, it kind of encouraged me to, 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 to make a lot of money. Yeah. You, you got to like in your environment, like outside environment, you got exposed to, you know, some people who had some wealth, you know, and naturally you'd say, I think that comes from you as well in your mindset. You consciously, or I don't know, or unconsciously, or both, programmed yourself. You know, programmed yourself to to be who you are now in a way. Because you know, when you tell yourself, "Oh, you know, how how did they get there?" A lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people are gonna tend are gonna go more towards negativity. It's like, oh, what they 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 probably did something bad to get there. You know what I mean? Or oh my god, who did? Whose money did they take? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so right yeah. away, you positioned it differently in your mind. You're like, okay, how how are they able to get there? How can I, you know, get there as well, right? And so asking yourself that question super, super early on shows that you also had a lot of self-awareness early on. And what does that come from? 
were you like you know what i mean because most people don't ask themselves that question and act on it did you always have that you know hustle mentality because you, you know what i mean where did your self-awareness come from where did that mentality come from so um the, the hustler mentality came uh from wanting just i i knew that the lifestyle i wanted to live couldn't be fulfilled with a lower income that's just what it was the lifestyle i wanted to live couldn't be fulfilled with with, with like you know 30 40 50 60 70 grand a year and because i wanted like from from a young age i remember like six seven eight years old i wanted a rolls royce you know <laughs> like a rolls royce is like a three four five hundred thousand dollar car you're not gonna buy a 500k car off 100k income like off making 100k a year so you want to to get to that level you know you have to do something different you have to do you have to, you know, you have to have ownership. You have to own assets. Uh, you have to get things that pay you, pay you to make more than the average person. You know, things that th- you have to do things that the average person isn't going to do. The average person probably isn't going to, you know, go buy, go buy equity in a company or go buy real estate or, or go trade stocks because they're not going to do that. I'll, I'm willing to do that because I'm willing to do that. I'm going to be able to reap the rewards. I'm going to be able to drive the Rolls Royces. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no, you, you pretty much, and, and do you think, you know, your parents, your family had an impact on, on your mindset? Like, do you think, am I, like, did you have a, like hardworking people around, like, or you had friends who were really hardworking or was this something like, just like, you know, supernatural, like it came to you? So, um, a little bit about my, my parents, my family, uh, my mom moved here to this country, like five months before I was born. And my dad moved here like a, like 10 years before I was born. And he came here when he was like 13, 14 years old. So both my parents got married young and uh, my mom sacrificed, my, my mom left behind her whole family and friends to move to this country. So me and my, my, my siblings could have a better, uh, like a better future, better opportunities, better future. And because they didn't have those opportunities back home. So seeing that my parents made those sacrifices growing up, I would see my dad work six, seven days uh, a week and seeing you know seeing him work hard seeing my mom make the sacrifice that she did so so we would have me and my siblings could have uh, the opportunities to grow up in a country uh, that they didn't have opportunities to that really to this day that that still um encourages me to go work harder because because mm. you know if you see if bro if you're working five six days a week and you're not going the full potential and you see someone and you see your parents you know working seven days a week you're gonna yeah. want to like yo i could do more there's a lot more yeah. that I could be doing. If they sacrificed so yeah. much for me, was this the least I could do? This is the least I could do for them. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I'm I come from an immigrant family. I immigrated with my family as well, so it's like I know exactly exactly what you mean because naturally it's it's just first of all it makes you think okay I can't take things for granted and then second of all you can do more when you think at your limit you can do exactly. more. Exactly. Like most people like. I'm going to go all out right now. Most people are, are straight up pussies, right? Like they, 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 they have, they think, Oh, I can't work no more. I worked, you know, an hour or two, or, you know, they're very lazy. They don't want to do more. Like our generation is lazy as hell <laughs> straight up. Yeah. You know what I mean, like with the amount of importance there's in the internet, even in the real world, right? If you have a bit of hustle, you can do a lot of stuff. You can do a lot of stuff. And most people just take it for granted straight up. It's like, there's a kid in a third world country who would literally kill to have your spot or maybe a kid in a different neighborhood this is something people don't think too it's like oh they talk about first world country there's some kid maybe in a different neighborhood than you 
who's like 10 times poorer than you who would kill to be in your spot right now or to have the opportunities that you have and you're not taking it for and you're taking it for granted you know what i mean if you have a phone you have a computer don't take that shit for granted you have wi-fi you like just you have food don't complain you know what i mean make the most out of your current life right now instead of complaining and I, that's what something i tell a lot of people stop being into being in victimhood and start moving forward you know because feeling sorry for yourself ain't ain't gonna help nobody <laughs> it's not gonna get you out of your own situation it's actually gonna dig you you're pretty much digging your own grave and so exactly i just want to like point that out but uh no no for sure <laughs> that's one th- that's one thing i actually like about um immigrants they have the hustle they have a different level of hustle because they understand firsthand the opportunity they understand the value of the opportunity that they have uh a lot of people that I like went to school with and things like that, they never, uh, they didn't take advantage. Like they don't understand the opportunities they have. I could, my mom moved here five months before I was born. I was five months away from being born in a third world country, but instead I got to be born here. I got to be born a citizen here. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. I, I think mm-hmm. about that a lot. Cause like yeah. I was this close to growing up having maybe 10% of the opportunity that I have, maybe even less. I have probably, I, yeah, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause look, I have 24 seven internet, fast internet. I have, I have 24 seven electricity. You know, the lights don't go out, you know, every mm-hmm. couple minutes of my house, I have a roof over my head. You have food on the table. I have clean clothes. These are things that 90, 95% of the people listening to this podcast have, you know, I'd say 99. Because everybody's here from, yeah, I exactly. say 98, 98. Yeah. Everyone has. These, these mm. are things that everyone has, but most yeah. people take it for granted. Mm. No, no, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, like even such a, like a hot shower, for example. That's something that it, that is very first world. Like, it's like you, you thinking that it is normal to have a hot shower, you know, hanging, you know, that's like all nice. You could, keep the hot shower on for 20 minutes that is extremely first world. a lot of countries most people on the planet they don't have that i think this is the thing we often think like the comfort in the first world is the case for the majority of the world which isn't a lot of the times so no no i agree like the hustle i think the the hustle mentality is in the dna that's where it comes from but then again being in your, the right environment really helps you to kind of make the the shift and obviously you acted upon it. And so there's no small action. It started with like, you were selling, you were flipping sneakers, you were selling stuff, right? Selling sneakers. So it started with that. Or did you start selling? I'm sure you, you, you know, you always found a way to make a buck here and there, but it, it starts small, but there's no small action. You know, you started, you, you just started somewhere, try to find a way and build on top, build on top, build on top until you found trading, you found a way, you keep pushing. And one thing, you, you're also really good at figuring stuff out, I can tell. Like, you know what I mean? And that's also known as immigrant hustlers. They have the mentality of just figuring stuff out and finding a way. And that's very, very, it's like more, one of the most underrated and important skills of any entrepreneur that I've met. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more about like just compounding, you know, because obviously right now, I don't know what I'm going to be doing 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, right? My life mm. then is going to look a lot different than my life now. But I just let it compound. Like five years ago, I was flipping yeah. sneakers. I let that compound to trading. I let that compound to, to Amazon. So I let that compound, you know, just let it build, 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 build. And everything mm. else will just take care of itself. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm not going to hold you too, too long, uh, Zareb, because I know you have you, you, you have something after this, but uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. If uh, Two more questions. If you could go back to... So feel free, to, feel free to not answer this question as well. If you could go back in time and give your younger self advice, would you do it? And if so, what would you say? And you can yeah. choose any age. I would give, I would give my uh, 16, 17 year old uh, advice. It would be before you start trading, uh, build a cash flow business and then go into trading. Because if you have a cash flow business, you would be forced to not trade. And the chances of your, or if, you, if you're making money uh, like every single month and you know, you don't, you're not forced to trade to make money, the chance, like it's going to be a lot easier for you to be successful. The probability of you being successful is a lot higher. So that's the one advice I would give to my uh, 16, 17 year old self. Yeah. And then this is, this is another aspect of things we didn't dive in much, but cash flow business, service-based businesses. This is something I would want to dive deep into, but I don't think we're going to have the time here, but we're going to get you on for a part two because I really enjoyed talking to you, Zaryab. Um, and uh, definitely learned a lot from you. Like, no joke. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, if anybody and wants to get in to you as well, thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah. And if anybody wants to get in contact with you, right, they want to, you know, DM you, they want to, guys, don't ask them, don't ask him for like trading picks or whatever. Like, you know, just if you, <laughs> um, but if people want to, you know, follow you and follow your journey. What's the best way to do that? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? And, uh, and even if people want to hit you up, maybe with a, you know, a good question around this podcast or, um, what's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, the best way to contact me would probably be through Instagram or Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is, uh, Zaryab underscore E Z A R Y A B underscore E. And, uh, my Twitter is Z Ajaz. So Z E J A Z Z Z. So three Z's at the end. So uh, Instagram Zuryab underscore E, and my Twitter is Z Jaws with three Z's at the end. Don't don't worry. You don't gotta repeat yourself three times, uh, guys. In the show notes, make sure you guys follow Zuryab on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, keep an eye on this guy. I'm telling you, his future is bright. Thank you so much, Zuryab, for coming on, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be on here again.